Vanya belongs to a cluster of 14th and 15th century Irish manuscripts which preserve a copy of the Middle Irish corpus of place name lore known as Dean Henrich's Asian. Uh, this corpus exists in both prose and verse in nearly 20 manuscripts and gives an account of the origins of famous places in Ireland. In many of these narratives, the place name is given in an Isidorean-style etymology um, or sometimes even in different etymologies. Although there exists a significant degree of overlap between manuscripts which preserve a combination of, as I said, the prose and the verse in Henechus, each manuscript witness still has to offer something unique to an overall discussion of the corpus. The Vanya Dinhenechus deserve our attention in several regards. Of all copies of Dinhenechus still in existence, this is the most inclusive, preserving articles not found in any other witness, and thereby making it an interesting case study for the process of textual accretion to which Dinhenechus lends itself so naturally. Edward Gwynne, to whom we owe the editions of the metrical Dinhenechus, and you can find um, a list of the editions and translations under item one on your handout. Um, further published an article some 90 years ago devoted solely to the copy of the corpus in the Book of Ivania, and is my aim here today to further discuss some of the points made by Gwyn. Gwyn's article was primarily concerned with the place of the Ivania copy held in the transmission of the Dean Henechus as a whole. While Gwyn himself divided the Dean Henechus into two recension, whereby recension one was represented by the Book of Leinster and the Bodleian and Edinburgh copies, and recension two by the remainder of the manuscripts, he also took note of Rudolf Thorneisen's division into three recensions, namely A, B, and C, and that's under item two on your handout. According to Thorneisen, A was represented by the poems in the Book of Leinster, or LL, B by the prose in LL and the prose in Bodleian and Edinburgh, and C in the prosometric accounts in the remainder of the manuscripts. Thorneisen held that A was the original recension, that B was created by abstracting prose summaries from the verse, and that C was a combination of the prose and verse. His position, while generally accepted, was challenged several decades later by Tommaso Concanon, who held that the prosometric C was the original recension, while A represented merely a selection of the poetry and B a selection of the prose. It will not, not be possible here to go into any detail with regard to which of the two scholars was ultimately correct, not only because such a discussion would not be confined or could not be confined to a 45 minute talk, but also because in my experience, the relationship between the various recensions is never as black and white as either Tornison and Ockenkanen would have it. In my discussion of the Ivania Dinhenechus, I will um, adopt Tornison's schema of A, B, and C. In the aforementioned article, Gwyn observed that the structure of the Dinhenechus in Ivania differed from the other copies in three main areas. Number one, the opening article on Tever does not follow the order of prose passages and poems that is found in other manuscripts of recension C. Uh, two, a sequence of about 20 items is interpolated towards the beginning of the corpus. And three, um, the Vani Dinhenos contains an appendix in the form of a poem written by Gilaonev within, in which each quatrain represents one place name story as told in the Dinhenos. Based on this peculiarity of order, Gwyn divided the Vanya Dinhenechus into three sections, and I've given you the sections under number three on the handout. So section one, Tever to Drimdarvrecht, section two, which is the interpolated passage, uh, and section three. Since I'm primarily concerned with the first and second sections, I have drawn up a graphic of the structure of Gwyn's sections one and two. And you can see that on the second page of your handout. Now, the parts that are in bright green are the prose passages. 
The sections in blue coming after them are the corresponding poems, for which I have used the labels given um, them by Gwyn in his Metrical Intenris. Or if they haven't been edited, I've used the first line of the poem. And then the, the small <clears throat> sections in dark green are the quatrains which are found at the end of those, pas those prose passages which are not accompanied by a poem. And this is the usual format we find in recension B. A fourth point should be added to Gwyn's sort of three main points, and that will be the focal point of my discussion today. Within the 20 or so interpolated items given in section two, there are seven items which occur not only in the interpolation, but also reoccur later on in the Inhenerus Nivanium, namely in Gwyn's section three, when the items resume the same order as they do in other copies of recension C. Uh, these duplicate articles I've marked with an asterisk on uh, page two of your handout, so in the graphic. It may be tempting to explain this fact by arguing that the Vanid and Henrichs were put together at different stages or by different scribes, so that, for example, the beginning of the text covering sections one and two was copied from an exemplar of recension B, while the remainder of the text was copied from a manuscript of recension C, and that the result of this process was a hybrid text or hybrid recension. But when we take a look at the various hands in the Dean Henneris, as identified by William O'Sullivan, this explanation becomes more difficult to sustain. O'Sullivan identified several hands in the Dean Henneris section of Ivania, six of these, which he labeled one, uh, D1 to D6, and they were mentioned yesterday as well by uh, Nolaga Marila, only appear in the Dean Henneris, while four other hands, or well, two further hands, G1 and C, are also responsible for other sections in the manuscript. For the section of interest to us, and I uh, refer you back to item number four on the handout on the first page, um, two hands only appear. And the first one is D1. That's the hand that is responsible for the first part of the opening section, um, as far as the end of the poem called Tevra 5, or Tevra Tal Tier Neunig. And then Gwyn, uh, and then G1, who takes over from um, poem Tevra 1. So, throughout the interpolated section and continues as far as the middle of the long prose poem or the long prose section on Carvin. So this means that at least according to O'Sullivan, and I rely on his analysis here, the entirety of the second section of what Gwyn identified as an interpolation was written by the same hand as the beginning of section three. By looking at a number of individual items and comparing the various versions of the prose of recension B and C with the text of the book Ivania, I'd like to draw attention to some unique features in the Ivania Dinhenechus, which I believe show various competing concerns as regards the sequence of place names in the Dinhenechus. The first story um, of which we get a prose duplicate is a short section on Mark Vreg, and you can find those stories beginning page three of the handout, so under number um, six. Um, so, this is a short section on MacVreg, the, the plane of Brega near Tevr, and Ivania agrees with the bodily manuscript in having this item occur after the article in Tevr, which is always the first article in um, the Dean Hennefus, insofar as the manuscript preserves the beginning. But the arrangement in Ivania is even more peculiar in that MacVreg seems to interrupt the article in Tevr. So, if you refer back to page two in the graphic, you can see here the beginning of the Tevr article then it's interrupted by Magrig, and then the Trevor article continues with the remainder of the poems. 
the opening passage of the Nehenches is the same in those manuscripts um, that have it, as I mentioned. So we have a prose passage on how the poet Avrigin recorded the Nehenches from the antediluvian character Fintan MacBochra in the presence of the King of Ireland, Dimut MacKerville, by requesting information on all the famous places in Ireland from the time of the flood to the present. This prose opening is followed bodily in um, and Ivania and a number of other manuscripts by a poem with the one I just mentioned, labeled Tever 5 by Gwyn, which just consists of various strings of place names. Uh, the next poem, as I said, is Tever Vekisnidiatha, called uh, Tever 1, which is the first poem in most manuscripts of Recension C, and it's after this poem that Magbrig occurs in Ivania. After the passage on uh, Magbrig, the Tever article then continues with poems uh, Tever 2, 3, and 4. This is a curious arrangement which is due, I believe, to different ideas about how the Dinhenches could be or should be structured. While the primary grouping of items in the corpus seems to be geographical, there is also um, an overarching concern with combining all material pertaining to one place into one article. And this is why we get five poems on Chever in uh, succession in other manuscripts. The reason Magdalene interrupts the sequence in Ivania, I think, lies in the content of the narrative. And as I said, under point uh, 6a and b, so pages 3 and 4 of your handout, I have given you the two prose versions of the story of Magdraig, the first from the Bodleian manuscript and the second from the Wren manuscript. And I've taken um, all passages, unless otherwise stated, from the editions by Stoke. Stokes. The first prose passage begins with the story of the Ox of Deal, or Da of Dila, named Brega, which was born at the same time as the Maiden Deal. When Deal was then taken by Tolchene, the druid of Conramar, the girl would not come with him unless the ox was taken as well. They then traveled to Magbolgida, or Magolgida in some versions, which is renamed Magbreg after Brega, the ox. The second explanation is that Magbreg is named after Brega, son of Bregon, one of the sons of Miel, who came from Spain to settle Ireland, and whose account is given, together with that of his family, in the Middle Irish pseudo-circle account of Ireland settlements known as Laura Asian. The two prose passages found in Ivania correspond structurally and in wording to those in Bodleian and Wren. Ivania's first Magdrig passage begins with Deal's ox and finishes with the caption on Brega son of Bregon. The second prose passage begins with Brega son of Bregon and finishes with the story of Deal's ox. I believe that Magdrig interrupts the Tever article because the compiler of the Ivania Dinhenichus, or at least his exemplar, meant to maintain a thematic connection to the preceding poem Tever Vreg. In this poem, like in the prose passage that comes before it, one of the etymologies given for the name Tevert is from the elements Moor, Rampart, or Wall, and the person named Thea. And this uh, woman, Thea, is also described as being the daughter of Lugdach, who is a son of Eith. And this um, person, Eith, in turn, is another son of Bregain, and therefore brother to the same Brega who, um, after whom MacDreg is named. A further connection lies in the name Teverbreg as in uh, Tara Brega, or Tara, um, Tara of Brega. More than any other Dinhenichus narrative, the article in Tever is indebted to the account of the arrival of the Sons of Meal, as given in Laura Gavala, and pairing the poem Tever Brega and the article on Brega does not only make sense geographically, but is also logical from a dynastic point of view, since both articles are connected to the family ties of the people they feature. In the, po in the prose of Tever in recension C, only the part of Tever's name, meaning Rampart of Thea, is kept, but her connection to East Son of Bregan is omitted so that the article on MacBreg talking about Bregan, Son of Bregan, would not make sense anymore um, in that place in the corpus. 
Another example of um, a duplicate prose account is the story of Bowen, and you can see again how this article is structured on page two of the handout, so that's the beginning of the second section down here. Uh, the story of Bowen survives in prose and in verse in nearly all Jean Hennefer's manuscripts. Bowen, as you will know, is known as a character from medieval Irish tales such as Tachwerg Edine, The Courtship of Edine, or Ashlinga Oingesa, Oingesa's dream vision. Both of which connect her with um, Oingus MacOg, owner of the Bruna Boyne Yashid Mount. There exists another tradition, however, which connects Bowen with the well of Shegish and with Nachtan, the guardian of that well, who is her husband. This is the role she occupies in the Dinhenechus throughout, and um, in the Dinhenechus, her the, the emphasis is on the story of her death and gives the origin of the river Boyne. In much the same way that Magbrake seems to interrupt the account of Chever, the article on Bowen is interrupted by the prose and verse account of the origin of the river Shannon, so Shinnan um, in Irish. But unlike Bowen and Magbrake, the Shinnan article does not reoccur a second time. In contrast, in all the other manuscripts, the origin story of the Shannon occurs much further on in the Hennechus Sea. Um, and even in the Bodleian manuscript, which seems to be the closest in structure to this this section of Ivania, Bowen and Shannon do not occur together. It seems, therefore, that the articles on Bowen and Shannon were brought together here in this particular instance for a reason, and uh, once more I believe that the reason for this rearrangement lies in the story itself. The story of Bowen's death is essentially a story of breaking an otherworldly gesh, something which in Irish literature is usually punishable by death. Um, and Bowen goes to the well of, of Nachtan, so her husband's well, and walks around it three times, anti-clockwise, because she believes that her own power is greater than the well's. As a punishment, the, well, the waters of the well shatter her body into pieces, and she flees from the sheath and runs towards the sea, with the waters following in pursuit. And the route she creates on the way is the course of the River Boyne. The story is essentially the same in both prose passages, and I've given that for comparison under point 7a and b on your handout. So, um, And you can also find it in the appendix to this handout where I've given all the readings from the Book of Ivanian. In the second prose passage, uh, however, in the Wren manuscript, the readings given are a lot closer to the text of the poem which follows it. This poem, labelled Born 1 by Gwyn, begins by giving various names or segments for the River Boyne, um, all the way from its origin in, in, the, um, in the sheath to the paradise. For instance, comparing it to the rivers Jordan or Tigris, um, as Michael Clark mentioned yesterday. And um, the, the Boyne gen sort of joins up with other rivers to create a connection to paradise. Then the poem gives the account of Boyne's death. On the handout, uh, on page five on the top, I've highlighted in blue and in green those sections of the prose which correspond most closely to the poem I just described. And uh, these highlighted pas passages only occur in the prose of Wren, or at least any article that's formatted on um, the Wren prose, but do not occur in the prose of the Bodleian manuscript. Similarly, the two prose passages in Ivania correspond to the Bodleian and, and Wren versions. In my previous research on the development of the prose section Bourne, I have compared readings from all extant versions of the prose found across 10 different manuscripts. Now, I will not have time to go into any great amount of detail here, but what I have found was that the versions of the prose in recension B, as represented by Bodleian, um, and the first prose version in Ivania, 
seems to have been, or they, they both seem to have been a later development, whereas the prose in Wren shows signs of being at an earlier stage of development of that prose article. And the intervening or intermediary stages, uh, and the second prose version in Ivania, belong to, um, belong to these intermediary stages, so traces of having been influenced by another born poem, which is found in only a selection of the manuscripts of recentency. This poem, which um, has been omitted here in Ivania, is addressed to Malhakl and called Born II by Gwyn. Uh, this, it shows similar etymo etymological concerns and also compares the Boyne to the River Jordan, but does not give the name um, of Nyachtan as well as Shegish, as the other poem um, does. So I believe that the exemplar for the Ivania Din Hennefis did in fact contain poem Born II, but that it was omitted on purpose because the uh, connection of Born to the Well of Shegas was no longer apparent, it was no longer um, present. This connection then becomes important when we look at the story of Shinnan, which interrupts the article on Born. The story of Shinnan shares several elements with Born's account, so much so that this led Gwyn to believe that the two were somehow um, more closely related. Shinnan, a maiden from um, Tirtangril, the land of promise, desired knowledge and the magic of the Well of Shegish, as well um, as well as its, as, as its magic, and when she approached the well, the waters drowned her. The similarity to the story of Bowen is apparent, and I think therein lies the reason that the two articles were joined together in the Dean Hennefus of Ivania. Although there is no dynastic connection, as we find between Tevra and MacDreg, um, there seems to be a strong thematic connection between Bowen and Shinin here. And given that both rivers are supposed to spring from the well of Shegish, there's also at least a perceived uh, geographic connection, although not in the sense as we today would understand the word geography. But the example of Bon and Shin shows once more a different concern on the part of the compiler in arranging the items in the Dinhenefus collection. The third story which I would like to discuss is the account of the death of, death of Suovich in the short Dinhenefus of Jim Suovich. And um, I've given both versions under number nine on your handout, so on pages seven and eight. Suovach was the foster father of Cormacumlingus, one of the sons of Conqueror Magnessa, um, who was one of the Ulstermen in exile for, um, together with Fergus McRoy. The Dinhenefus stories of that place relate how Cormac's foster parents, Suovach and Könlach, died at the site of their fosterling's death in the Bridden the Hoka. Bridden the Hoka, or Togel Bridden the Hoka, the destruction of the Hoka's hostel, is a late Middle Irish story which relates that the Ulstermen decide, after the death of Conqueror, that his son Cormac, though an excellent connacht, would be the best candidate for the kingship of Ulster. And much like the story of Con Ramar, Cormac is tricked into breaking a number of Gesha and is ultimately killed at the fateful hostel, so Bridden the Hoka, without, however, ever, um, ever attaining the kingship of Ulster. Turneisen argued that since Britain the Hoka is such a late text, um, because he believed that the earlier version of the text dated to the 13th century, it must have taken the account of Suvach's death from the Dean Hennechus. In his recent edition of Britain the Hoka, however, Gregory Toner argues that this earlier version, which calls for recension A, dates to the 12th century, while the later version of recension B appears to be an early modern reworking of recension A. He agrees that the Suvach story is derived from the Dean Hennechus account, but that um, the Hennechus account in return is derived from a now lost version of Britain the Hoka. When comparing the readings of Recension A of Britain the Hoka to the Bodleian and Wren accounts of the death of Suvach, Toner noticed that both Dean Hennechus versions 
seemed to be equally close to recension A um, of the Britain story, and that it was difficult to establish whether Britain the Hoga had taken its story of the death of Suva from a manuscript of recension B, such as the Bodleian manuscript, or a manuscript of recension C, such as Wren. The Bodleian version, and uh, as I said, that's under point nine on your handout, goes as follows. Suva, son of Savguva, was the Shanachi and foster father of Cormac, and his foster mother was Quinlich, a daughter of Gavgild, son of Rosba of the children of Maktu of Div, son of Connell, um, and so on. When Cormac went from the west from Cruach to Connacht to seize the kingdom of Ulster, his foster father remained behind him in the west because he knew that his fosterling would fall and that he would never be king of Ulster. But afterwards, Suva went from the west and after his fosterling to keep him back, lest Connor should suffer death by fire. When he reached Umsuvik, there he beheld the blaze of the destruction, or um, again, when he came to Tullock there, so the hill of tears, um, the tears of the Darda, which he shed in bewailing his son Kermit, um, there he beheld the blaze of the destruction, and Britain the Hoka. So his heart broke in Suavach, and in Moin Kunlik, Kunlik heard of her fostling, or heard that her fostling was burnt alive, hence from Suavik and Moin Kunlik. The detail of the Dagda's tears, which is given in both the Bodleian and Wren version, is rendered as Derafala, or tears of blood, in the first version of the Ivania prose, and that's the little note I've made here on the margin for your comparison. It is also the reading in recension A of Britain the Hoka, as you can see. Now, unless this reading is a coincidence, this means that the prose versions in Ivania are particularly close to the Britain the Hoka text. Only the first of the prose accounts in Ivania contains the phrase Derafala, and the second simply gives uh, Dera in Dagda um, much in the same way the Wren manuscript does. While the two prose sections of Trim Silvi do not differ dramatically from each other, the reading in the Book of Ivania underscores the importance of considering all the variants of the prose in any, discussions on, in any discussion of a Din Henrich's article, and as in our example, its possible extra textual connections. Another example of a variant which is found in Ivania, but in uh, no other copy of the Nihenichus, occurs in the account of Esna and Karen Forvida. The origin of these two places always occurs together in the Nihenichus, not only because they relate the tragic death of mother and son, but also because the land landscape features which commemorate them are situated closely together. Esna was the daughter of Eichel Fedlich and wife of Conqueror Magnessa and sister to Maeve of Kruch and to Clothru. Clothru heard um, a druid's prophecy stating that her sister's son was destined to kill her. Ethna, um, heavily pregnant at the time, attempts to reach her sister Maeve and Connacht in order to give birth. But on the way there, she drowns in the river, which would then bear her name, Ethna, or Inni in English. Her nephew, Clothru's incest incestuous begotten son, Logoth of the Red Stripes, cuts the baby from, his, from um, the mother's womb. And this child then is Forvida, who later grows up to avenge his mother. At the age of 17, he kills Clothru and is killed again by Lugas in revenge, and the site of his death is then known as Karn Forvida. The Dinhenifus prose versions differ with regard to one detail. Um, the Bodleian version states that the, that the river drowns her, while the Wren text, as you can see on pages 8 and 9 of your handout, for comparison, says that Lugas Srivnerg, or elsewhere called Srivnerg, drowns her in the river. And although the text is not explicit in this matter, um, it seems to be implied that he does so in order to avert the prophecy of Clothru's death. Although it is strange that he leaves Forvida alive because this is the person to whom the prophecy refers. Um, 
so that then Forma is later in a position to actually fulfill that prophecy. Now, as you can see on your handout, the Bodleian version of the tale is kept much shorter. And um, the first prose version of Ivanhoe corresponds to this Bodleian account, with the exception of uh, one detail. And I've highlighted the name of the perpetrator, so Lugeth, in the two versions. The Bodleian version gives Lugeth Makan. Uh, the Wren version, which is a more detailed one, precedes and precedes the poem on Karin Furvda, has the correct name Lugus uh, Srivnerg, or um, <clears throat> spelled incorrectly here. The reading Lugus Makan and Bodleian um, probably arose out of confusion because this character has no relation to the events told in the Karin Furvda story. Lugus Makan was one of the grandchildren of Conpied Cahach and held the kingship of Tara for a time until he was relieved of it by his cousin Cormac MacArt who corrected a false judgment delivered by Lugus. But as can be seen from my note in the margin, both prose versions in the Book of Ivania on uh, folio 87 and then again on folio 102 give the name of the, of the perpetrator as Lugus Maconri. While this is again the wrong Lugus, it is at least a little closer to the truth than uh, Lugus Macon. Lugus Maconri is the son of Kuroi, son of Doira, um, and Lugeth is also one of the orchestrators, orchestrators of the death of Cucullin because he wishes to win, avenge his father's death, um, who fell at Cucullin's hand. I would tentatively suggest, having looked at all the versions, that Lugeth Mac Khan arose by confusion, and that Lugeth Mac Khan which is found only um, in the Ivani copy, may have been an attempt by the compiler of the Ivani Dinhenichus to rectify an error uh, by changing the name to a character which um, has at least some connection to the Ulster cycle. This suggests that the Bodleian exemplar, if we do not wish to argue that the Bodleian manuscript itself, may have been um, one of the sources of the Vanyadin Henichus. Um, this suggestion is also in line with Gwyn's argument that the interpolation at the beginning of the Vanyadin Henichus is due to this manuscript's affinity with recension B. So, in a way, both um, the prose passages on Ethne and Kanfurbda in Ivania give the name give the name of the wrong Lugeth, but they do so consistently at least. The final example which I wish to look at today is the origin story of Lochri and Lochnechach, now Lochri um, in the counties of Longford and Westmeath and Lochne in Ulster, which goes back to two brothers, Ri and Echach. The longest account of the brothers' fate is told in Adith Echach MacMurda, the tragic death of uh, Echach's son of Merus. In this text, dated to the 12th century by Rankin de Vries, Echeth and Ri are two sons of the monster king Murdith, whose wife Evlu falls in love with Echeth. Echeth and Evlu elope, and Ri accompanies them. They part ways at Belathaliach, and Ri and his men go westwards to Macfin in the territory of uh, Midr of Brile. Midr, annoyed at their trespassing, kills all their horses but offers them a horse in harness in return, which will carry all their goods. The company goes as far as the plain known as Macnarvdon, um, and there the horse lies down and begins to urinate, and the urine drowns Ri and his company, and thereby creates Lafri. Meanwhile, Echeth goes to um, Brug Matin Og, and similar to Ri before, finds himself trespassing on the Mac Og's land. Uh, during the night, um, Mac Og kills all their horses and threatens to kill their men the next day if they do not leave. But in order to help them along, Angus gives them a horse, again, to put all their goods on. Like Mithir's horse before, Angus's horse is left unattended and begins urinating until it creates a well. Echith builds a house around the well and covers it and becomes king of Ulster for a while, 
until one day the lid of the well is left uncovered and again Echaz is drowned together with most of his family. In the Jinhenechus, the story of Echaz's fate is told either as part of the origin of Tuuk Indir, um, where the story is found in both the verse and the prose, or as part of the Jinhenechus of Lokri, where the story is found in the prose only. There seems to be no standalone Jinhenechus of Loch Ne. But combining Echid's story with either Tuuk Inver and Loch makes sense. In the first instance, um, Loch Ne and Tuuk Inver represent the starting and the end point of the river Ban. So the Loch Ne is the starting point and Tuuk Inver is the estuary at the sea. So they, 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 they represent the starting and the end point of this river. Um, but the river Ban is also listed as one of the nicknames for the river Boyne in the aforementioned poem on the Boyne uh, discussed earlier. Therefore, the connection of Loch Ne with Tuuk Inver is geographical, but in the second instance, combining Loch Ne and Loch Ri does not just make sense thematically, since both characters drown through their own carelessness and create a lake, but there's a further familiar connection since uh, Eche and Ri are brothers. As with the other, other examples before, Ivania gives two versions of the combined Tinhenechus of Loch Ri and Loch Nechach, the first occurring in the interpolated section and um, again in section three of the manuscript on folio 101. On pages 11 and 12 on your handout, I've given you the text and translations again from uh, Stokes' edition of the Edinburgh Tinhenechus and uh, the Wren Tinhenechus respectively. And the Edinburgh text corresponds fairly exactly to the prose version of uh, Loch Nechach, but the second version of the prose Nivania, which we expect to correspond closely to the Ren reading, actually abbreviates the text considerably. Rather than telling two stories which are practically the same, namely a company of men drowning as a result of leaving a supernatural horse unattended, the text in Nivania only gives a story of Midr in full. Um, and you can see here if you go to the bottom of page 17 on your handouts so in the appendix, we've just given the um, Irish transcriptions from Ivania. At the end of the first paragraph, the text is abbreviated here and just gives Mac and Og and August Arlet. But here Ivania gives one detail which is not contained in the other prose versions. Now, going back to the editor text I've given you on page 12 of the handout, I've highlighted the phrase, Angus inflicted three chief plagues on them, their kine on the first day and their horses on the second day. But this statement actually only contains two, the kine and the horses. Um, this part of the prose paraphrases the content of the poem on Lochri, which follows after this prose passage, but says nothing of three plagues, the poem that is, uh, but instead lists three types of animals, so the kine, the oxen and the horses. And as you can see once more from the marginal note on um, page 12, this is also the reading which the second prose version of Ivania gives. This reading, which is uh, only found in Ivania, is then thereby more faithful to the poem than any other version of the prose of Lachri. Now, I've only had a chance to look at a very small selection of readings or, or articles from the Dihenechus of the Book of Ivania today, and much material is left to be discussed and properly edited still, especially towards the, um, the end of section three. While it is too early to draw any definitive conclusions from my assessment today, several points should, I think, be retained. The geographical order, which is believed to be the basis of any internal logic in the Dihenechus as a whole, should not be considered as the sole structural principle the examples from Tever, Macrig, Boan, Chinen, and so on show that either dynastic and or thematic concerns can provide the basis for structuring the Dinhenechus. 
And this means that the format of the Ivanidin Henrichs is the product of internal logic rather than, um, as perhaps Gwyn would argue, the, uh, to the carelessness of scribes. The case study of Ivania then has implications for any future work on the Dean Henrichs. In an article from 1956, Charles Bowen discussed the content of the various Dean Henrichs recensions and followed Torneisen with regard to how the recensions formed and how they should be divided, also adopting the ABC model. But his greatest contribution, I believe, was to lay out a number of rules which should govern a new edition of the Dean Henrichs, rectifying, in Bowen's view, all the shortcomings and errors committed by Stokes and Gwynne. Two of these rules are of interest to us here. Bowen stipulated that a new edition should include a thorough commentary comprising all the prose and verse pieces under a single place name heading, and also that the principle or, or, or definition of an article should be the toponymic heading, not the um, amount of form of material gathered under it. At least as far as the critical edition is concerned, Bowen's proposal would betray the intentions of the compiler of the Ivanidin Henrichs, because in the Book of Ivania, uh, or if the Book of Ivani were to serve, let's say, as a Codex Optimus, or even as just one of the witnesses for a new combined edition of um, the prose and verse in Henrichs, then Bowen would propose divorcing Marbrek from Tevra and Shinnan from Bowen, as in our example. Yet, as I have shown, these items belong together in the Book of Ivania. It may be that the best way forward in the case of the Ivani din Henrichs is a standalone edition of the corpus of that manuscript, which would allow us to preserve the order of items as they stand. And it is important to bear in mind that the genesis and growth of the Genhenrichs as a corpus and the evolution of, individuals art of individual articles within it um, are two different textual processes happening simultaneously and over the course of time. Um, and I think that the Ivani Denhenrichs illustrates these challenges quite beautifully. Thank you very much. Right.